whatever you're saving up for. A CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.50% APY on an 8-month CD special or 5.00% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. The is-it-morning-yet deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Get any sized iced coffee for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And sweeten the deal when you pair it with a baked apple or pumpkin and creme pie. After all, why wait to treat yourself? Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. I'm here with Carla Perry, who has released a brand new book called The Reformation of America. I'm actually excited for this book. She'd mentioned earlier that it was a process of six years. Her and her husband, Joseph, have an extensive ministry for the body of Christ, equipping, empowering people in the prophetic and hearing God's voice. And now with this new book, The Reformation of America, Carla, I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? Yeah, I'm Carla Perry. I've written... I've been writing for years. So my second book, my first one was Back to the Future, Rebuilding America's Stability. Uh, recently, the, my new release is The Reformation of America. And with both books, I just dig into American heritage and worldview and try and provide healthy perspectives for making America healthy again and, and reforming it. How did the Holy Spirit lead you to write this book in this hour? Well, for the Reformation of America, I responded to a call. Rick Joyner wrote a newsletter asking for for writers to respond and to really dig into our nation's heritage and to write about that. And I emailed him and said, I, I'm interested in, in doing that. Um, I'm not really sure if he had anyone else respond. I didn't see anyone else, uh, you know, writing with me in the journal on that, except for there was one... Um, one person in Morningstar that was writing uh, history articles. So I started writing, digging in, researching, reading a lot of books on the subject and just writing from a very unique perspective because I hit it from a worldview perspective. And I learned a lot doing that. And from that, I I developed the book, The Reformation of America. So it's just answering a call that Rick Joyner put out because we need more good history um, because a lot of people aren't getting the good stuff at school. That is the truth. And right now, personally, this might be controversial, but I believe that they're trying to edit our history, that they're trying to delete our Christian heritage. Is that something that that you're seeing through in your studies that the original sources are are the truth, but then recent in the last probably 30 30 years or so, do you see them intentionally trying to delete our history? There's a Marxist view of history that's prevalent in the universities, and I think it's trickling down into the high schools, and where I think because of the worldview that they have, they look at history very differently. So I don't see it as like a conspiracy of doing it, but I but it is happening where that history is being changed. I'm writing a Facebook ad the first time on, on you know promoting this book, The Reformation of America, and I'm just actually surprised. I've had maybe 10 comments 
of people just hate-filled comments saying I wrote trash and all this stuff. And I'm like, where is this coming from? These are Americans. You know, and I'm like, why are they upset at the idea that there's Christian heritage in America? And why are they upset at the very idea of America? And there's just just pushback. And a lot of that's from the education that they're receiving. They believe that there is no biblical basis, you know, no Christian heritage, complete separation. And what they've been taught has led them to believe that what I'm teaching isn't isn't the truth. Um, when in fact, they've been taught the error. Yeah, and... Our founding fathers, for the most part, had a Christian understanding, a Christian worldview, for the for the most part. Yes. But they also set into place our Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. our Constitution. You know, there's the Federal Papers. And how far have we deviated? How far have we deviated from their original purpose? I so say we've deviated a great deal. I mean, a lot of it is still trickling down. A lot of the Christian worldview that has been in place since the founders' time is still there, but it's there in a fading. It's like fading out because we're not discipling in it. We're not teaching and keeping that alive and that mentality. Even Lincoln wrote at the um, after the Civil War, he was talking about that as people were passing away, that had carried that, that who was going to keep carrying that forward. It's like you have to have the new generation, the people that fought the wars, the people that lived in that as they're dying. If nobody carries that on, then the current generation won't understand what those fundamental components of America. And I feel like we're losing a lot of the people with that worldview, or they're not as prevalent in um, in the higher culture discipling. So you might have that worldview in homeschool families per se, but they're not necessarily the ones that are, that are um, teaching the whole nation about it. So we need that to get up into the universities where we have university professors teaching really great history. And we have um, people on, you know, really famous people t- at the higher levels teaching that really good history so that the the nation begins to see that that's that's what's really true to america rather than what they're taught in schools it needs to get back into the to the mainstream yeah i I agree with that and you mentioned the original components of our nation through your studies what maybe two or three components do you see are paramount for people to understand for the formation and the foundation of our nation We really need to understand that we can't have a nation without biblical worldview. And um, the Protestant Reformation brought that biblical worldview back. Um, We began to study the biblical idea of a nation of Israel, and that actually shaped, created nations across the the world from that mentality. And so without that, we can't even maintain the basic function of a nation. When Jefferson wrote, we hold these truths to be um, self-evident, he had originally written, we hold these truths to be sacred, um, that all men are created equal. And Ben Franklin uh, said, no, we're going to change that. Let's use the word self-evident. Everybody knows this. But it was, wasn't was true. Everyone doesn't know that. We got that directly from the Bible. No other nation, no other religion teaches that all men were created equal. Other nations only teach it if they got that from the Bible. They don't teach it because they got it from Islam or Buddhism. No other faiths uh, teach that. And so atheists will will borrow from that. They will they will accept that they were all equal, but they don't know that they can't get there without borrowing from the Bible. So so all of those biblical components, um, freedom of religion, uh, the separation of church and state, even that is that the two organizations are separate is biblical, but that um, that doesn't mean separation of God and state. It doesn't mean the truth doesn't apply to government or to you know to the justice system. It just means that the church the church government doesn't get intertwined and start controlling what's happening. Happening in government, and the government doesn't control what's happening in, in in church and people's personal beliefs. 
but it is definitely affecting biblical truth definitely has shaped our country. In your studies, the Reformation of America, is there a way for us to go back to our foundation? Do you believe that there's hope for America? Because I'm more of an optimist. Mm-hmm. I do believe that we're establishing the kingdom of God on this earth. I do believe America is blessed. I know America is not in the scripture. Mm-hmm. People could debate that. Yeah. But we have a purpose. Every nation has a purpose. I do believe that the future is bright, especially because Jesus is coming back. Mm-hmm. But what can the church do to return to our roots in order to have a bright future? Yeah, I like that question because I have a lot of hope for America. And that's what a lot of what makes my message unique. Um, because I'm not complaining about where America is at. I see what created America and how possible it is to have that worldview again. Because I've looked, looking through history, you can see civilizations that have been very dark and have come to the light again. John Wesley did an amazing uh, work, Wilberforce in Europe. And, and so it is possible with a very few people shifting culture and, and bringing and being leaders in a nation for people to follow. Um, it is possible to shift it. But I would say that we shift it forward rather than shifting it back. We take those components from the past and we bring them into the present. That's why my first book's Back to the Future. So we bring those components forward and then build on that for a new day. So a lot of people want to recreate yesteryear. They want to nostalgic America. And I, you know, I would probably be one of those biggest proponents because I just love, you know, old America. But I am aware that we can't go back and it's not God's design to go and have the past again. It's to take those, those things that we learned and move them forward into what God has for our future. So I think if we, if we see it that way, rather than we got to go back and live, you know, like, you know, a hundred years ago and to have schools the same way it was a hundred years ago. I think if we're always trying to fit that package, I don't think we'll be able to create that vision. But if we take those things, we pull them forward. I think we can create an amazing America moving forward and, and, and finding out how does this apply where we're at today? How does it work with our, the industry, the capitalism, the technology that we have today? How do we, how do we take those things and make it look like now rather than like our founding uh, fathers and, you know, still traveling by horse carriage and stuff. What does it look like today? Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples the Great Commission, promising them the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. With the Holy Spirit as your teacher, Jared Lasky developed a new Bible study journaling system that is sure to equip you in your adventure with God. The Spirit-Empowered Journal offers life-changing steps that will enhance your biblical studies. This journal will not only help you know how God spoke in the Scripture, but also what He is speaking to you now. This is an incredible approach to Bible study, empowering your spiritual journey. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit and understanding of the Scriptures will increase as you use the Spirit-Empowered Journal. Buy your paperback copy on Amazon.com or FirebornMinistries.com. What can the church do to take those principles and affect all of society. One of the major things we need to be doing is teaching that nations matter and that the truth of the Bible applies to more than just inside the church or more than just to your politics, but it applies to business and arts and all of the seven mountains of culture that it affects everything. And it's not about controlling the culture by from the Christians 
becoming the controllers of culture, but by Christians discipling culture and, and taking the truth into each of the spheres. So that might be as simple as taking it to your job and applying it to how you do law or how you do um, your administration work but and looking at how does the truth apply to what I'm doing in the real world. And as we do that, and as we disciple those that we have influence with, um, with the truth outside of the church and not just in a mentality of, of discipling and spiritual things, but in practical earth nation city things, we'll begin to see that transformation. We just really need a movement of, of reformation discipleship. I love that. Can you say that again? We need a movement of reformation discipleship. A movement of reformation discipleship. Can you key in on that? What that might look like? It would operate from a very different paradigm that we have right now. It would be a much more hope-filled future for the earth, for um, for the church's involvement in the earth. You know, we have Jesus is coming, but the truth is the church is coming as well. The church is coming into something great, and the church is going to transform, to transform the cities and nations because of that marriage with, with the Savior. And so it's not just that we're waiting on Jesus to come make everything better. It's that the truth is going to actually impact everything because the truth is that powerful. So when the truth really goes out in a movement, um, as it has, you know, when I go back to when I talk about the Reformation, I'm not talking about the split from a Catholic church. I'm not talking about the doctrinal split or two churches or the advent of denominations. I'm talking about the work that went forth when the when the truth went into all of society, when the people got the Bible in their hands, they began to develop education and healthcare and the sciences and all that came in the government and free enterprise and freedom of religion and all the things that began to shape the world that we have today. That was reformation. That was, that was transformation, practical transformation with biblical truth on a, a national scale. And and if we can return to that way of thinking, America can change dramatically. And not just America. We have hope for America. We have hope for all the pre-industrial nations, all the developing world, that there's the same path that America and the Western world took. It's the Bible that's going to transform all of them. So if we have no hope for America and we only base our, you know, how soon the end is coming because of how America is doing. It's like when we have better hope for America, we'll have better hope for India and Pakistan and, you know, the Sudan and South Africa and all of these people that that can have the Bible, not just in a Jesus film to get saved, but in a in a way that their entire nation um, comes up to a higher level of living. And these are things that you shared in your book, The Reformation of America. A lot of it is in there. Um, I do talk about the theology of nations, but I talk about the key aspects. Like I'll talk about um, William McGuffey, what he did for education, Noah Webster, and how he gave the nation a language. Um, I do go back and talk about Wilberforce and the Reformation, how that impacted. But I, I am also, to talk about my book, I'm providing almost a prequel in what I'm talking about to set you up for reading the book, because a lot of people don't have the theology necessary to even start reading it without understanding that basic framework that it's possible to form America. You know, you mentioned McGuffey. I learned how to read on a McGuffey reader. That's awesome. That was years ago. I was homeschooled in elementary school for the most part, and then went into public school, and then eventually into private Christian education. So McGuffey takes me back. So that takes me back. I, When you mentioned that, I just kind of smiled. What has been the reception for your book, The Reformation of America? Have you seen a lot of positive reviews, a lot of how is it impacting people? Other than the Facebook ad I've been running where I've gotten, you know, 
maybe 10 negative reviews to uh, about a, uh, 10 negative responses, not from people who've read the book, just from the cover <laughs> versus, um, which is an American flag with an eagle. I mean, it's, it's just America. Well, people but, think that they're entitled now that everybody's online. They think that they could give something negative, even though they've never read it. Yeah. Other than that, I've had an amazing positive response. Um, I did a book launch and a lot of people came out and I've done different interviews and um, online on Morningstar's website on my Facebook and Morningstar's Facebook. It's been really positively received. I know a lot of people are reading it right now and a lot of people are excited about it. How did you get connected to the Morningstar Publishing? Well, we had our church uh, remnant ministries affiliated to Morningstar. And so we're really plugged in there. And I asked, I think I started writing for the journal 10 years ago. And when I, I had written a few articles for the journal and I asked about my first book that I'd been working on, would they be interested in publishing it? And I went through their process and they... They published that one um, first as an ebook and then in print. And then I went back to them and asked them if they were interested in, in publishing again. Um, and they were. And they're not, um, they don't publish widely. It's not like a publishing company where you can just submit your your book. Um, I'm being published because I'm connected and because we're trying to trust what I'm writing. Are you currently, I think you mentioned that you are, you've got another thing in the works, another book in the works. I have, I would like to do a worldview, uh, book and, and just head on how we, how we develop a worldview, how to develop a Christian worldview, um, how to strengthen the one that you have. Um, I do a lot of work in worldview revitalizing. So I look at how people are thinking either on an individual level or a nation level, how cultures are seeing things. And, and I really speak to try and help shift that toward a kingdom thinking. Um, so I'd like to write a book on that and how, um, how to develop worldview, how to strengthen and have good, healthy biblical thinking, kingdom thinking. Um, so I think that's going to be my next project, but sometimes the Lord has other, other ideas. But, um, right now I'm, I'm putting my energies in, in, uh, marketing and, and sharing about the Reformation of America. Cause I'm, I'm really passionate about that in this in this day and age and what we need for America and um and and to help less help diminish the polarization um between just the arguing um that's between different parties to realize there's more to shaping America than just politics there there are other things that we need to be thinking out and thinking about sometimes we get caught up you know, and so I've even been writing recently on worldview for that because we think that politics is the whole it's a hundred percent and it matters who's in the office is was how America is going to be good or bad. And I'm like, there's so much more to it than, than just who's in office. So I feel that my, my book will help get at that extra, the, that other 90% that we need to be thinking about. And as an extensive writer, what is the process that the Holy Spirit leads you in from formulating the idea to eventually publishing? I know for me, there's a while where the thought is on my mind mm -hmm. and I'm chewing on it for a few days. And, and then in time, I might open up my computer and start writing. And then I feel like a grace is put mm -hmm. on my shoulders. And then when that grace lifts, I'm done writing. Well, it's, I read a lot. So I'm, and I read and I am paying attention and listening a lot for how people are thinking and, and what culture is thinking. So all of those ideas are mixing with the Holy Spirit talking to me about them. And sometimes I'll stew on something. Well, my, Joseph and I will talk about something for, for days or weeks. And I'm like, I just keep tossing it around and turning it around. I'm like, I'm like, but I kind of get behind that thing. I've got to figure out why people are thinking that way. And, and when I begin to understand it, you know, it starts to fill up inside me and I'm like, that's it. And then I start, you know, writing 
from that. And I start um, getting it out on paper and then refining that idea. And then I just keep writing on it, write on it, Facebook, write on it on my website. And then I think over time, you know, I start going, that's something I want to develop out to something, either a longer article or, or say for a book idea. You know, for me, sometimes it feels like I tap into a stream where it just keeps flowing. Do you have a sense of when you've actually tapped into something like that? Is there a feeling or is there just a knowing? Sometimes I feel like very connected, like um, like some people do prophetic art. And sometimes I feel like when I'm writing, I'm, I'm you know, in that moment. But um, those aren't as often when I'm writing. Um, but some, But sometimes it's like, especially probably when my best work is, is when I feel that kind of like I'm, I'm writing in the anointing, so to speak. Yeah. And, um, so that does happen. And you'd mentioned this, the Reformation of America was a six year process. Mm-hmm. I know for my journal, it was several years process. And in time, I'll table it. And then I'll move on with life and ministry, family. Mm-hmm. And then the Holy Spirit stirs me up again. So I'll go back to the, you know, re-edit, refine, and then mm-hmm. go back into life. Do you have a similar process? I do. Sometimes um, some of these, uh, some of the chapters were written over a shorter period of time, but then I would maybe not write for several months at a time. Went through a period of time where I probably wasn't writing a whole lot for a couple of years. So it's really probably why that took me this long for this book, because I, I can write and produce a lot faster than I did in writing this book. But there was more going on. There's more going on in writing. It's reading and learning and, and just your experience in life. Um, in you know real life takes time takes time to get it all out to get the to get in front of the computer and to get out what you're studying and learning so that's why it took as long as it did i think that could if i had given the time and already having you know the studies that i have gotten to this point i could probably write something quicker but you really it's hard to plan for that when you know you have um life happening you know and you take those moments to write when you can go back to edit when you can just keep that process going Right. Well, we have the 2020 election coming up. And I guess from a foundation of your book, what do you think the church can do in preparation for the upcoming election? I am kind of afraid to even watch the political advertisements. Mm -hmm. The last election, I think I took a sigh of relief 2016 because I felt like it didn't matter who was running. Mm -hmm. I'm not just talking only presidential, Mm -hmm. but... You know, senators, you name it. I felt like it was so negative. And I am a positive person. Mm-hmm. I try to be as positive as possible. I've been through negative stuff, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, war and stuff like that. But so I just put my mind on things above. In preparation for the 2020 election, what can the church do to make sure that God is glorified through it? I think voting is very important, but it's doing it in as as a dutiful citizen to to vote and to be informed, but not to get so caught up in all the the emotions of it, and you know, and all the this person said that, and that party said that, and I'm I can't, you know, some people will be like, well, I just can't stand seeing that person on television or something, and we have to remember they're real people, and even if they don't agree with us or have our our worldview or our uh, or believe in Jesus, that they're still after that person was sitting in front of us, we would need to you know, be welcoming to them, um, be hospitable, love them the way Jesus would. And a lot of times with the distance of that person, you know, being on television or being on the news and, and in, you know, as this icon of, of, of politics that we 
put all of our like political hate towards certain people and all our political love toward other people that we think uh, more align with us. And we'll be really disappointed if we if we think that the people we align with are these perfect agents for what we want and the people that we don't are just evil. You know, when you watch a good movie, the bad, even the bad guy is not bad for the whole movie. They they have a daughter they really love and would do anything for. They have a, you know, or they have this, this real humanity. And a lot of times we demonize people and we elevate people on pedestals. And I really feel like when going into the elections, if we lose ourselves in that kind of dichotomy and that kind of, you know, vitriol and hatred for the other side, um, we'll do more damage no matter who gets in office. Um, than if we practice love and truth. It's not sacrificing truth. You know, we need to learn to, to, to speak with truth without all the emotions of treating that person bad because they don't think like us. So I think that that would be good going forth that people would, because all the, the world's going to have that polarized that you have to be in the battle and what side are you on like a sports team? Like your team's winning and that team you have to be mean to and you don't have to be. It's okay. It's okay. And even if that person you don't want gets in office, then that's, then that's a time to, to really practice respect and honor for somebody that you, you never know what the Lord can do with somebody that you don't want in office. So I think going with that mentality, we can, we can take a lot of victory no matter who gets in. Yeah, I love that. I voted for people who've lost and I was like, well, I'll just vote in the next election. Mm -hmm. I voted for people who've won. For people who may not like the person I voted for that won, I'll tell them, you can vote again in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the, I, I believe it's a sacredness that we have here in America. What do you foresee for the for the next 10 years or so, starting from 2020 to 2030? Well, I hope for an America that is reforming that America where the church is really understanding the power of the Bible, the power of truth to transform. And I want to see a church that is taking the gospel out, not just in a means to get more people saved, but in a means that transforms businesses and school systems. And that really reaches out in a whole different level, like a new reformation, you know, that scale. And I think it's possible to have a radically more healthy America in 10 years time. I think we would need to look out further and into generation to generation and on a larger scope, but I think we can get in the right step, go in the right direction in the next 10 years. If we really understand just how powerful the Bible is, just how powerful the truth that Jesus proclaims is not just to us, but to the entire world and to the, the makeup of nations. I think it could be really awesome. Thank you so very much about sharing your heart about the Reformation of America. How can our listeners get a hold of your book? Uh, they can find it on Amazon or a Morningstar. The easy place to go is carlaperry.com, uh, com. That's Carla with a K. So K-A-R-L-A-P-E-R-R-Y.com. And um, the links to my book are there. I love it. Thank you guys so much for being here, being part of Adventures in the Spirit. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit.